Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hi, everyone. I'm Sarah Ellis, and this is the Squiggly Careers podcast. In today's episode, I'm interviewing two brilliant guests, Pip Jamieson and Jimmy McLaughlin, and we're going to be talking about reskilling. And reskilling is a topic that we're really interested in at Amazing If. It's clearly very related to squiggly careers and something that we're really committed to continue to explore as part of our ambition in our business, which is to make careers better for everyone. And the latest report from the World Economic Forum suggests that 50% of employees will need to reskill by 2025. And for people staying in their existing roles, their core skills will also change by 40%. So I think reskilling is probably relevant for all of us. The report actually does also go on to talk about the top 10 skills that we should all be thinking about to prepare for the future of jobs. And I think these probably deserve podcast episode or episodes in their own right. So we'll come back to those uh, really soon. And I've linked to that report in the podcast notes for today. Um, and it is a really interesting read if this is a topic that you want to dive a bit deeper into. So a quick intro to our two guests today before we get started. For long-time listeners, you might remember Pip. She joined us for our 100th episode and she's the first person that we've invited back onto the Squiggly Careers podcast. As ever, Pip is always full of energy and insights and we felt that her kind of knowledge of what's kind of happened within the creative industries and actually just within professional networks in 2020 were going to be really invaluable to today's conversation. For those of you who might not have heard of Pip before, she's the founder and CEO of a company called The Dots, and they describe themselves as a professional network for people that don't wear suits. And Pip was named by the Sunday Times as one of the top 100 disruptive entrepreneurs innovating in their fields, and by Computer Week as one of the most influential women in tech. She's seriously impressive and really fun at the same time, which I think is quite a rare combination. And she says that in essence, the dots was built for the future of work. It's just that that future has arrived a little bit faster than everyone's expected. And Jimmy McLaughlin was a business advisor in 10 Downing Street for three years. So a fascinating role. And he really specialised in technology, entrepreneurship. He now writes regularly for The Times on the future of the economy. And he's got a really fab new podcast that he's launched called Jimmy's Jobs of the Future. And I think what Jimmy's really trying to do with his podcast is interview entrepreneurs, CEOs, business leaders about what areas are growing. And so I find that a really optimistic place to start to kind of go, where is the opportunity? You know, what should we be getting excited about? Both Pip and Jimmy were a real pleasure to spend time with. And I finished the conversation with so much energy 
Uh, I felt full of ideas. They'd really kind of sparked lots of different kind of thoughts in me. And I always feel like that's such a good sign. And I really hope that shines through in the conversation you're going to hear today. So enjoy. And I'll be back at the end just to let you know what's coming up next. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a T-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. So Pip and Jimmy, thank you so much for joining us on the Squiggly Careers podcast. I'm really looking forward to our conversation today. So great to be here, Sarah. Thanks, Sarah. It's great to be here. Um, we're going to dive straight in to this topic of reskilling. So I read a recent report by the World Economic Forum, and they called this report the reskilling revolution, which makes it sound both quite dramatic, but also really urgent and important. So it's going to be a really fascinating topic to dive into today. And actually, I wanted to start with the basics, because the more I've been reading and, and kind of learning about this area, you know, there's lots of inconsistency and perhaps even a bit of confusion about what do we really mean by reskilling and you know is there a difference perhaps between upskilling and, and reskilling and those two phrases seem to be used quite interchangeably so I wondered Jimmy perhaps we could start with you when you kind of hear reskilling and kind of the work that you've done what are you talking about? Well I think it's very interesting the kind of language around skills and so forth because it's actually quite hard to assess what your what your own skills are so you know whether you use the term reskilling or, or upskilling i think it's difficult to know what your own skill set is actually and if you try and sit down and write what you think your skills are it's quite difficult to do that self-assessment so one of the things that I think about doing quite a lot is is reaching out to people and, and saying you know what do you think that I'm good at and I know you, you talk about this a lot on your show in, in terms of reaching out to to people and saying Look, what do you think I'm good at in my current skills but also what do you think I'd be good at doing as well so I think that's how reskilling and, and upskilling can be the most effective way of finding out what skills you want to add to your skill set is to ask other people. 
And Pip, when people say, right, we need this reskilling revolution, does that strike a chord with you or do you, you, are you kind of questioning whether that's true? I don't think it should be a reskilling revolution. I think it should be a continuous learning revolution, to be honest. Mm. I think that sort of implies that you, you know, reskill, retool and then that's it. <laughs> I mean, that's just not the way the world's going. You know, it's right now, you know, things are moving at a pace. Technology is moving at a pace. Industries are in massive flux and careers are in massive flux. I think it's about embracing that appetite to learn and upskill and curiosity and just making sure that, you know, you're constantly kind of evolving yourself. And that's fun. And I think that's great. And I think that whole premise of like reskill and then you're set for life, I, I don't think that's correct. Pip, just thinking about you and, and your community and the work that you've done this year obviously has had a really big impact on people's careers, whether that's things that have happened to them. So whether that's industries that have been struggling or kind of really affected by the pandemic, or whether it's just people who've had a bit more time and space to kind of think about their careers and, and what they want to spend their time at work doing. And I'm just interested, and I know you have kind of some stats and facts, hopefully to share with us today. What have you seen in terms of the impact? Yeah, I mean, you know, we're a professional network. I mean, we kind of saw really early signs of the impact of COVID even before COVID hit. So, mm. for example, freelancers, about 41% of our community is freelance and they started losing work even before lockdown happened. Then we went into waves of furloughing and sadly increasingly redundancies. But it hasn't all been doom and gloom as well. I guess the kind of real trends we've seen is a massive rise in opportunities across tech. And I will say that doesn't mean you have to be a computer science engineer, but just general opportunities for everyone across tech. Um, we've also seen like a 10x increase in the amount of remote roles. So many businesses are moving remote, either for you know the immediate future or businesses like Twitter have now moved remote first. And what I love about that is it opens up opportunities for everyone all around the world. So you no longer have to necessarily be based in London, for example, to get opportunities. It does have a slight downside in the fact that there is more competition for remote roles because you are competing with a global marketplace. But I do just love that sort of trend. But also we've just seen a monumental trend of people just taking stock and going, do I really want to do this? Shall I start that side hustle I've always dreamed of? Or shall I start that business I've always dreamed of? Or shall I get multiple strings for my bow? So I get really excited by seeing those trends coming through, which have been great. And Jimmy, and forgive me if I'm not describing your role correctly, it's certainly not a world that I'm particularly familiar with. You spend around three years, I think, at number 10 as a special advisor. Perhaps you'll share a little kind of summary of exactly what that means. And, you know, when you were talking about, you know, thinking more, uh, I guess, a kind of UK level wide around reskilling and the skills that we need, kind of what's happening in organisations, what, you know, how do we prepare ourselves to make sure that, as technology keeps changing, obviously, as kind of automation keeps impacting the jobs that we do, what kind of conversations and kind of priorities were you kind of observing a new part of? Because I think just that insight into that world is just fascinating for so many of us who kind of see that you just think that's just not something that kind of is part of our day to day. Yeah, absolutely. My, my role there was effectively to be the 
go-to person for businesses to feed into the centre of government and kind of almost act as a bit of a router for when business leaders had various problems. But also it was to try and get the Prime Minister's message to the business community about what they were trying to do and what they were trying to achieve with various policies and and so forth. So it was that sort of go between the business leaders and, and the Prime Minister. And when it came to skills specifically, it was interesting because... All the data that we are getting around scale-ups in particular, so fast-growing companies, was that the UK actually lags quite a lot in terms of broad business skills. And so there would be an element of where we were trying to sort of think about how we could get people to upskill in in those areas. You know, the culture in the United States and so forth is much more about sort of, you know, you do an undergraduate degree and then you go and do an MBA further down the line. That side of things in the UK isn't quite as developed in that. And I know that you've done some executive education and so forth. And the other side of the skills thing was trying to make sure that we could position ourselves at the forefront of the parts of the economy that were growing. So we did that particularly through the industrial strategy and the kind of grand challenges that were there around clean energy, for example, was one of them. AI was another. And that's why we would have policies around sort of AI and you know, we would announce various funding for them and so forth. So London Tech Week in 2019, we announced a thousand sort of applications and grants that we were putting forward for that. So there's the, there's the deep technical skills that we were looking at in government for how we get those but also the idea of broader business management skills as well. Recently within the UK there was an interesting advert which showed a ballerina and the idea was with this advert was I think the text said something like Fatima's next job could be in cyber she just doesn't know it yet and underneath I think it was rethink reskill reboot and that advert got an awful lot of kind of negative reaction I think probably you know for a few reasons I think it felt quite insensitive to the creative industries which are one of the industries that are having a particularly tough time through Covid and this kind of implication of going from ballet to cyber did feel like a kind of pretty big leap I was looking to see if anyone defended the ad or when you know I can see what they're trying to do and one of the links that we'll put in the resources for today's podcast is there is a good article in the FT actually talking about Yes, it might have been thoughtless, but actually, is there something in the kind of this idea that actually we've just talked about around opening up these opportunities, helping people to kind of see the art of the possible? And perhaps was that just clumsy in execution? I don't know. I've kind of I've gone back and forth on it a little bit. So, Pip, perhaps starting with you, you know, it's um, I know your community is, is much broader than just kind of people within the creative sectors now. But equally, that's very much where you started. And I know it's an area you're really passionate about. What are your thoughts in terms of, I mean, particularly the ad, just because it'll be interesting. And then how do we help people to kind of make these transitions or kind of explore different opportunities? Yeah, I mean, what was interesting, you know, the intent of the ad I get, right? There are so many opportunities in tech, but the execution was just so appalling that it was just the intent got completely lost. I mean, you know, when it comes to career, you know, thriving in a career, there's two sides of it, right? It's about, you know, having the skills and being able to thrive in the job you're given, but also having a passion for the industry or the company that you're going into. And there was just a complete mismatch on both. You know, it implies that that person would want to work in cybersecurity. You know, there are tech opportunities that are in the 
creative industries that might be more relevant for people. And I think the other thing that was slightly insulting is, you know, a ballerina to get where they are right now has had to work so hard and dedication and everything to suddenly just, you know, reskill completely when the amount of blood, sweat and tears that would have gone into that career. There are just so many other opportunities that are open to her, but it implies there aren't. You know, she could start online ballet classes. You know, she could go into a tech company that's focusing on virtual performing arts, you know, but it was just such a quantum leap. It just became a bit laughable. It's not binary, right? Like you don't sort of, I think the thing is that people can have multiple skill sets as, as we talked about earlier. So, you know, if you've had a career as a ballerina, there's no reason why you can't go on to do something else as well obviously and that's the that I think is what the advert was trying to get across and the execution of it was as Pip said wasn't wasn't great and that's it it kind of pointed towards that you stop doing something and then you take something else up whereas actually you are building skill sets and so on so if you have skills in in one area and you decide that to broaden your horizons or your career you're always going to have what you did before it's always going to be a part of you and you can bring that to your new role and a new career as well it's not as simple as stopping one thing and starting another and, and that's kind of more of a blended skill set and if we start to kind of be really practical about thinking about this so if somebody is listening now and is thinking okay I appreciate kind of what Sarah, kind of Jimmy and Pip are talking about here in terms of actually we need to all be continuously learning, thinking about the skills that we've got, how relevant they're going to be, kind of what we get really energised and excited about. How do you figure out what are these skills that are going to be particularly important and relevant? And, you know, I read that World Economic Forum research said, you know, 42% of the skills that we've got right now won't be relevant by 2022. And then I was thinking, how how do I work out which are my 40% that I need to worry a bit less about? And which are my 60%? Now, of course, I'm um, kind of being a bit tongue in cheek about that. But I think a lot of people will hear this and then but find it quite hard to kind of know what types of action they can take. So I'm just interested to hear any ideas that either of you have got from your experiences with your community, with the different businesses you've worked with. And Jimmy, I know you've spoken to some really interesting people as part of your podcast, which is all about jobs of the future. So Jimmy, do you want to kick us off and then Pip, see what, see what else you've got to add? Yeah, it is very difficult to assess yourself. I'm sure we can all think of examples where it's almost easier to advise people rather than advise yourself. A book that I found particularly helpful when I left number 10 in trying to work out what I'd do next was a book called Designing Your Life. And I know you've had the authors on the um, on the show before. And that takes you through a kind of series of different practical things that you can do. And one of them is it talks about writing your three odyssey plans. You know, you write the plan which is the most straightforward, most appealing. Your second plan is a bit of a stretch. And then your third plan is what would be your dream, right? And just take off all the sort of restrictions that we impose on ourselves when it comes to careers and what we want to do. And I found that incredibly useful to kind of work through those different examples. And it was a big help in trying to figure out what I wanted to do next. So I think that's a very practical book that helps. 
I love what Jimmy's saying, because I think it's first like a process of self-evaluation, obviously, and there's loads of things you can do. So funnily enough, 360 reviews, which is a bit of a corporate thing to do, but I've had one done on myself before, which is where someone who's external has basically interviewed everyone I've worked with and produces a kind of a, an overview of what I'm good at, what I'm not so good at, and learnings for the future. And that was really good for me to identify my kind of skills. I've also seen cases where what's actually lovely about this time is lots of people are, are moving towards being coaches or mentors and having an external person identifying your skills or helping you on that journey can be really useful and we're seeing loads of people on the dots wanting to give back right now saying hey I'm a coach I'm happy to give like half an hour for free to help people through this so that's a really good way to get maybe that external lens and once you've got like a kind of view of what skills you're good at you know whether it's you know project management or whether it's copywriting or whether it's managing teams actually something you can do on the dots is actually put in those skills in our people search and it will show you all the different people that are on the platform who are doing different types of roles to give you kind of inspiration of what you could do in the future and I think that's kind of intrinsically linked to it's a really exciting time to be curious right now you know it's a really exciting time to kind of research okay once you've got a grip of these are my skills starting to see okay people who are doing have my skills are doing all these amazing plethora of opportunities and then actually deep diving and go which ones would bring me happiness I think we always forget about happiness in the equation like our professional life should be a happy we spend most of our time working so I think it's a really exciting time to kind of just get out there and start looking and researching and seeing the different opportunities that are there. I think that happiness point is really important. So one of the things that we sometimes talk about, and we interviewed somebody called Marcus Buckingham, who's done a lot of work on kind of skills and strengths. And I, I really like this definition of how to think about almost what your skills and strengths might be, which is think about in an average week or in the last month or so, what has really given you energy, even if you're not great at it yet, but you know, it really gives you that sense of kind of fulfillment and satisfaction. And then equally, what takes away your energy, even if you're good at it? Because I think that's actually a really important nuance for us to think about kind of how we spend our time. We all have to do loads of different things in all of our jobs these days. You know, we're all expected to be adaptable. And that's useful because as we've kind of talked about today, things are kind of changing all of the time. But I think just kind of knowing those things about you know, what gives you that real kind of boost where you feel, you know, I've really got my kind of mojo, I'm really kind of feeling in flow, is really important to kind of know that for yourself. And then I think you can use that internal reflection and evaluation that we've heard people talk about today to then think about, well, what possibilities might be interesting to me, exactly as Jimmy just described. And let's think about multiple possibilities rather than just one. And you can explore more than one at once. And, you know, as we talked about in the Transitions podcast recently, it's all about kind of incremental action. And then I love those builds that we've heard today as well around outside in, the importance of outside in advice and going to different places for inspiration. And just this, you know, having curiosity in your career we talk about having curious career conversations and I think you can do that at a one-to-one -one level but you can also do that by just spending time with other people who are really going to inspire you to me what we've really focused on today as we've kind of gone through the conversation is perhaps worrying a bit less about you know when you see those lists of these are the five top five skills that we're all going to need in the next five years. And, and, you know, you could be tempted to think, well, that's what's going to make me the most employable and the most relevant. And I would understand why, why you kind of might go down that route. But maybe it's more about thinking, 
about yourself first and then maybe back to Jimmy's point around which are the industries and the areas that are growing and I almost feel like it ends up being a little bit like a kind of dating type process then where you sort of go rather than trying to change myself it's more about trying to apply myself into those areas where there is likely to be opportunities does that kind of feel like where we we feel like we're getting to yeah I think so it's an evolution basically it's not necessarily a complete rethink there are thousands and thousands of opportunities there are still opportunities out there it's just that some industries are significantly down while some are significantly up and yes there are is more competition but at the same time, it doesn't mean that you have to completely reinvent yourself. And it is it is that evolution of skills, I think. But I, I mean, for me, I, I, I love that book. I'm, always, I'm dyslexic, by the way, so apologies. So I'm going to completely mispronounce this, but I think it's Itiagi or Ikiagi. And they say, you know, that true career happiness comes when where you combine what you're good at what you get paid for, what the world needs and what you enjoy. And I think you have to focus on those four things because you're not going to thrive in a career, even if you have the skills of the future, if you're not enjoying it. We're not at the point where it's you have to do that yet. You know, we're not. So there is the perfect Itiagi career out there. It just might take a bit more hunting. This stuff is, is really hard, right? Like, and that would be the message that I'd like to just say to people is, is that this is not a straightforward process that you go through to plug Pip's website, The Dots, right? It, it is about joining The Dots, right? And that's where the, the name came from, Pip. And it, that takes a while to think about all those things you mentioned, Sarah, about what you enjoy, when do you get energy? It's not straightforward. And I do think that sort of, you know, trying to keep a a journal and a, a memory of when you felt like you were in the flow and enjoying things and at your most productive is so important. And eventually over time, you join those dots together and the answer comes through to you. But it does take a while and it and it can be frustrating. But just make sure you realise that almost everyone is going through it at some point. If you were to share one piece of career advice today with people listening, you know, there is a lot of question marks I think that people are trying to figure out at the moment so I think it'd be just really nice to end with both of your words of wisdom if that's okay who'd like to go first I think the key to this time is curiosity and really enjoying this journey if you can I mean right now you know we are going through a massive change but with change comes opportunity and I am going to give the worst shameless plug but do join the dots I mean what I've loved I think around lockdown is just how supportive and kind everyone is and how helpful and how people want to help. So, you know, reaching out at this time and, you know, there are people who are going through what you're going through there right now. There's people that can advise you. There's people who are giving coaching away for free. There's people giving mentoring away for free. Just tap into networks that are positive, supportive and 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 look after yourself and, and don't become a coder unless you're really passionate about it and good at maths. <laughs> So I think there's different career advice that that sticks out at different times. So I launched a podcast a couple of weeks ago and it went very well and we kind of went into the top 20 and I was instantly brought back to the school playing fields where my games teacher just once told me the most important things are to stay humble and stay hungry when you have success. And I'd also add actually to that, if I were extending it, stay curious as well. So when things are going well, it's kind of easy to sort of take that advice. Other people are more generous than you might think sometimes. And 
you know, do reach out to people and ask for help and advice on things because people are willing to lend time quite often, I find. And yeah, that, that would be a big thing for, for me. Thank you for listening to today's podcast episode. I really hope you found it interesting. We'd always love to know your thoughts, feedback, questions. As I said at the start, I think reskilling is a topic we'll keep coming back to. Probably the best place to find us is Instagram, where we're just at Amazing If. You can follow us, um, you can DM us there, and you'll always find Helen or sometimes me there to say hello. And if you do have a minute to rate, review, or subscribe to the podcast, we'd be really grateful. Finally, I just wanted to share that if you're interested, the tickets for TEDx London Women are now available to buy. They are either £10 or £25 and it's on the 5th of December. We're going to be taking Squiggly to the TED stage, which we are incredibly excited about. And the lineup for that day in terms of the range of topics and the inspirational speakers is blowing me away. We're in such good company and I'm trying to be very upbeat about it rather than intimidated. But we would love to have loads of podcast listeners there to support us, to kind of cheer us on and to champion Squiggly on the day. And I'm sure we'll talk about it more in future episodes. But I'll include a link to this week's podcast in case that's helpful for you and you'd like to grab your ticket now. Thank you so much for listening and we'll speak to you again soon. Bye for now. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, y'all, Darius Rucker here. You know, a lot of people ask me, what inspires your music? And one of the big things is a strong sense of place. That's why I love my home state of South Carolina and want to share the awesome things it has to offer. From the beautiful mountains down to the sunny coast, it's got it all. Not to mention two of my personal favorites, great golf and amazing food. Come see why I love this place. Visit discoversouthcarolina.com. Discover South Carolina.